Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. There's time to have some fun. He's a fun guy to hang around with. Funny guy, you know, entertaining. But uh, for the most part, when it's business, it's business. And he takes good notes. He studies the game, fits out the plays in the huddle, which quarterbacks have to do. He's a student, uh, and he knows he's got a long way to go from a mental standpoint. He's just soaking up the knowledge. And it, it's it's exciting to work with him because, uh, you know, guys that are you know, aware of the necessary, how necessary it is to prepare, um, and the guys that do prepare, it's fun to watch them and develop. So we're just scratching the surface. We played one game. We got a whole new game plan for Tennessee, so uh, new plays coming in, so he's got to study, he's got to work, and he's going to do that. That is not Frank Caliendo or John Gruden, that's Jay Gruden. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos. I just put out a question on social media, and I seriously would like you to bounce back and, and let us know um, because I'm curious. This is not like I'm not putting out a survey on behalf of the Jaguars. I, I'm just, I have not heard anything. Negative, which is what you would hear uh, about the fan experience on Sunday. Like, I think everything seemed to go pretty well. I think that's the feedback I'm getting. Uh, we're going to have Chad Johnson on because I, we had him on last week going into the game. I want to see coming out of the game how they did. And everybody was watching. So we're going to have him on a little bit. But I'm just curious to see what fans experience. I guess they experience a little bit better when you win, right? Absolutely. Can't beat <laughs> so, that. So that doesn't hurt. Um but it'll be interesting to see. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, to be honest with you, selfishly, of how that went uh, and to see kind of where it goes from here and also what other teams are, are able to grab from Jacksonville and what went right, uh, what what could go a little bit better, all those things. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew, uh, we're going to get away from the Jags here for a moment in, in just a bit, but that was Jay Gruden on Gardner Minshew. I heard Mike Vrabel talking about Gardner Minshew. I feel like everybody's afraid. I can't help but go through my mind this. Gardner Minshew is just going to be that guy that's he's going to have to prove it every week. Nobody's going to go over the moon about Minshew from a coaching. And listen, there's a reason why I like Jay Gruden wouldn't do it. But mm-hmm. a lot of times even the opposing coach will, mm-hmm. you know, he'll fluff it up. Yeah. And maybe that's just not variable style. But it wasn't like if you really listen to it and you read, it's like, yeah, he's got smarts, man. He's got some savvy and moxie and he's shown the ability to make big plays. Very complimentary. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, man, we're really concerned about him. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just I, I get that. But there's a level of difference there, you know, because you hear and I'm not saying everybody should be overly concerned about Minshew. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it like in my mind. He still is going to have to do it every day, every weekend. And this is the way this guy's lived his life, by the way. It yeah. just it has been uh, in his football career at the very least. And that's okay in sports. I mean, you kind of have to anyway. More it's what, what have you done for me lately? But, you know, he's just not going to get the benefit of the doubt. He's not going to have equity built up, even with seven wins and some of the awards he's won and some of the outstanding performances. If you look, I saw a stat, and it was this whatever analytical stat. Mm-hmm. He was top, he was third in this stat last week, and the other four quarterbacks in this statistic were like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. Okay. And in the middle of that, that those five those four guys, yeah. number three on the list was Gardner Minshew. Sure, I mean it's like. What does this guy have to do sometimes yeah. to say, "Holy cats, look at him go"? So he has to keep doing what he's doing, obviously. But he still has to earn his stripes. When I say earn his stripes, obviously he's earned his stripes on this team, right? He's the 
it's a foregone conclusion that this guy is the leader of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cool. But I'm saying on the national narrative, like on when, when teams go against this guy, they still haven't quite bought in yet. And to be fair, this happens to a lot of second-year guys. Like I don't think guys have really bought into stopping Drew Locke yet. Yeah, you know, and, and Drew Locke sort of a lot, but I don't think guys are like, whoa, Drew Locke. I mean, I think even like Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is still, we, we, we've got to believe it. You know, we, we've got to believe to see it, or we got to see it to believe it. Hello. Um, I think with guys like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, they're such outliers of how they go about their craft, right? Like Lamar Jackson, I mean, you saw the the the, 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 the first time he stepped on the field, his second season, as his first full season. You saw Lamar Jackson, what he was going to do against. The, I think it was Miami Dolphins he played against. He torched him up. It's like, okay, this guy seems different. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Even when Patrick Mahomes came in as rookie, I think it was against the Denver Broncos, and he got like you know some just garbage time. It's like, okay, this guy is a little different. So like those two guys are complete outliers. But everybody else, I feel like, if you're going to your second year, obviously a rookie year, even like a Joe Burrow, you got to earn those stripes, man, in terms of how defensive coordinators game plan for you. And then Gardner Minshew, for the most part, is still trying to earn his stripes. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I don't know. It's a very hard thing to describe because you should have to earn it every week, okay? But don't you get the feeling, kind of to steal what you said way back last year, mm-hmm. If this guy was a second-round pick or a late first-round pick, it would be okay if he had a couple of rough outings. Mm. But the moment he has a rough outing, Trevor Lawrence talk's going to pick up. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's going to be that way for him. Uh, and, and that, by the way, doesn't mean you got to be perfect, 19 to 20. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Yeah. But it's just when's the buy-in going to be? I, I think there's some more buy-in around here. Um I just don't get the sense that there's a lot of buy-in on him. When there is the buy-in, you know, I always have this conversation when it comes to Kyle Murray. I mean, I, I'm bought in on Daniel Jones. I mean, I was early on, but I'm just saying I've seen some good things about Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think their offensive line is atrocious. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Jones, to me, has done some good things. I'm watching Drew Locke the other day, and I'm like, hey, man, you can work with some of that. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm bought in on those guys. Why can't but people defensive look coordinators at haven't though? But I mean, let's be honest. So defensive coordinators aren't worried about Daniel Jones right now. They're, they're worried about Saquon Barkley. They There's are. other guys yeah. on that team. Like, yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones isn't the game record quite yet. So with that being said, and like you said, Drew Locke, it's simple, man. The expectations right now, still after that win against Indianapolis of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not that good. Okay, and anytime you have low expectations of a guy or a, of a team, well, it stems directly on the quarterback. So Gardner Mitchell can come out and throw, you know, uh, have a hundred and fifty something quarterback rate, whatever. But if he's not winning football games, that doesn't matter. You know, if he's not winning week after week after week, then the haters out there, then the doubters out there are going to start saying, "Well, where's Trevor Lawrence? Where's Trevor Lawrence?" Because at the end of the day, the quarterback will always be tied to wins and losses, right? That's why I feel like Drew Locke still hasn't earned his stripes. Why yeah. Kyler Murray? Because to me, to be fair, like, yeah, I was talking about the Arizona Cardinals, but I didn't expect them to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't. I don't expect the Arizona Cardinals to go to the playoffs this year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, expectations right now are a little lower. And when they're a little lower, obviously, you don't take the quarterbacks 100% serious. Yeah, I would say, though, if if I if Gardner, Gardner Minshew could have done what he did, mm. and they could have lost the game. They could have easily lost 27-24. Sure. But I think I'd still be kind of raving about Gardner Minshew's performance. No. You'd still be raving about it, right? But like, what, what more could he have done? Brent, we've been over this before, man. He he can put up crazy Matthew Stafford numbers, but if you aren't going to win ball games, unfortunately, it doesn't matter because maybe it's because where you were drafted, maybe it's because of what you have on tap with Trevor Lawrence or or, or or Fields or whoever else. But I'm just saying, if he doesn't win the football games, unfortunately, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I yeah I I I kind of get it, but I. 
I'm, I'm, I, not, I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying I agree with that. Yeah, I'm just saying that's the way, the way I'm, it is. I'm not tr- I've been whiny before yeah. about Minshew, right? I have done that. I, I, I've been the whiny guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to be whiny here. I'm not even – listen, he, he's he's up for Offensive Player of the Week, and he's uh, I think he's getting a lot of love. You heard Nate Burleson. He earned it. I mean, he earned it. Yeah. I just still don't get the sense that it's like – all right, man, you have a hiccup, you're okay. It's okay. I mean, you're going to come back, you're going to make plays the next week. I feel like there's a little bit more of that happening in town. Like, I can kind of sense that. Like, I've heard that a little bit around town this week. It's like, man, I like when the ball's in his hands. Mm-hmm. I feel good about him with the ball in his hands. Even if we're behind here in Jacksonville, I like him having the football. Hadn't been said a lot now about quarterbacks in Jacksonville for quite some time. So maybe that will filter over, filter across to some of the national folks, too, at some point. Just don't sense it's there yet. Uh, listen, he's played. He started 13 games in his career. I'm not saying he's earned this badge of honor or a bunch of equity, but it does feel like where you're drafted impacts that. We've had this conversation a bunch. Yeah. I mean, Kyla Murray's going to get the rope. Daniel Jones is going to get the rope. You know, to, to if they fail a little, that's yeah, but okay. But do you think going to get the rope? If, I mean, if he has a rough season? I don't because yeah. he didn't really show anything. All those other guys showed a little something. Okay. You know, Haskins didn't show much last year. Still taking the first round, though. He was. Yeah. He was. So, well, and he might in Washington get the rope. I don't think he's gotten the national. Yeah. You know, but he hasn't earned that, in sure. my opinion. Like, Minshew's earned way more than whatever Haskins yeah. should have. Listen, I understand that you're a big Minshew advocator, and as well as I am, too. But to me, the path to Garner Minshew having sustained success on this team and being a leader for a long time, it's simple. He has to overachieve the expectations that have been laid out before him. Right? Nobody is giving this team a chance. Still, even after beating the Colts, no one is buying on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I've heard people talk about, well, Gardner Minshew's a bad quarterback. That's not really the case. I've heard people say Gardner Minshew, you know, can't lead a team. I've never really heard that. All I've heard of the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't a good football team. So if Gardner Minshew can go out there week after week after week and play in competitive games and win a lot of those games, well, then now you've overreached um, the expectations. And when you do that, then you start to prove the doubter and the hater is wrong. And when you do that, you start to get fans. That's the only way Gardner Minshew is going to be successful and have a job in this city for a long time is if he overreaches the expectations that have been put out before people like you and me and obviously the national media as well. All right, uh, let's shift gears and talk about the experience because the experience Sunday was one of the few in the entire NFL where fans could go and Jaguars fans did go. Got a lot of positive feedback when I put the question out there about what went down on Sunday. And of course, Minshew and company helped that. Got a W. You feel good leaving the stadium right now. Uh, we bring in Chad Johnson, Senior Vice President of Sales and Service and Chief Content Officer of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He joined us last week to tell us about what would go into Sunday's game for the fans. So I wanted to get a little bit of a report card on this side of it. Chad, thanks for joining the show, man. You got a W, so I would say uh, the fans were pretty happy about that. You know, I was able to stand down at the bottom of the ramps when the fans were leaving and to hear them chanting, cheering, and leaving like it was a, a any kind of regular season game was just awesome to see, and they had a great time. We, we really had a good atmosphere in the stadium, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you told us something that I just I have echoed multiple times in the last week that really blew me away when we had you on last week, and that was you guys have a protocol list, if you will. I don't even know what to call it, but a checklist of sorts that's 200 pages long going into that game. 
How many of the boxes did you check? How did you execute things? What are you talking about in your building in terms of how it went on Sunday at TIAA Bank Field? You know, so first off, I think we did a good job. We had a great experience. No different than the team. They've come out with a W, but there's some areas they want to tweak and refine, and that's the big difference here is we have areas to tweak and refine, not change and flip course. Um, overall, the fan entry was great. For the most part, fans were pretty compliant wearing their masks. Got a little work to do in making sure they realize they do have to wear them in the seats while they're watching the game. But overall, we executed a a great event. And if this tells you the story, I did 28,900 steps on Sunday, (laughs) uh, walking around on that checklist. So a 200-page document takes quite a few laps around that stadium. Um, But like I said, there's some areas that we'll work on for the Dolphins game. But what was great was really the atmosphere in the bowl was pretty good. The noise, the game entertainment, the flyover, uh, the fans represented pretty well. And Gardner had a great great quote after the game talking about how even though it was limited capacity, they felt the energy of those fans, and it did create a, a home field advantage for them. Chad, I assume that you know, there was like the, the league officials that were there uh, maybe kind of scouting, if you will, or taking notes a little bit about how you guys are running the operation, maybe some other officials from different kinds of teams around the NFL just kind of seeing how you guys did things. Have you got any kind of feedback from that of just how well it went? And um, will we see more, I guess, NFL teams now start to incorporate fans back into their stadiums? Yeah, so we had a number of teams come and send personnel from different parts of their operation to, to experience what we had prepared for. We had NFL officials in and did a full debrief after the game immediately while it was fresh. And uh, although they were pleased with the majority of what happened, you know, we were able to find those few things to tweak and we're able to take some action quickly. Um, so you'll see a couple more teams come online this weekend. Uh, the Dolphins will have fans this weekend, so uh, we'll get a chance to learn some of the different things they're doing. Um, each market's so different, though, so there's some things they're doing differently than we're doing because of our current fan behaviors. Um, but people were just excited to be back. They were excited to cheer, and, and they were very respectful for the process. Chad Johnson with us, Senior Vice President of Sales and Service and Chief Content Officer. Uh, I asked the fans and, and social media responded about some of the folks that have, have gone in. One on Periscope just said uh, the entry was process uh, uh, the new things you were doing there were fantastic uh, tony polster says uh, easy to get into the stadium using app to buy food is great uh and the win of course mentioned no traffic but that's just, i think being a little fun because of of the amount of people there uh becca said everything fantastic uh did say this i'm going to be honest with you it did say it took 20 minutes each time uh, to get concessions because few near me were open four minutes from walking into line to getting into stadium no problem uh lots of nice breeze and so many open seats uh so that was good too uh i was going to ask you that and i didn't last week how much do you have open from a concession standpoint given the limited capacity and uh is there a tweak or two that you might have learned from that yeah, there, there's a tweak there, Brent. You know, we did, from a patron to a point of sale, we did have a, a, a better ratio in the limited capacity than a normal game. So there were more point of sale per patron. But not every location in the stadium was open, and we did learn from fan behavior what it is they're actually purchasing. So we can now adjust, add certain elements, what products sold, what the quantities were, so there are some learnings from that that uh, we can take away. And, and to be honest with you, it was one of our highest food and beverage per cat games in the history of the building. 
really? the fans were spending, fans were having fun, and we were able to learn from that behavior. And that's one of the things we'll tweak and improve on for next week. Chad Johnson with us from the Jaguars talking about the fan experience on Sunday. Uh, and that's an interesting point because you guys did the the app. Uh, was that um, successful? Uh, obviously, we just had some one person write in and say it was. But and do you give that credit for maybe more concessions uh, as well? And, you know, being able to have a cashless system, a contactless payment option, an order from your seat, those are all things that improve the throughput and therefore be able to improve uh, the, the food and beverage ordering process. There's, again, definitely ways for us to educate our fans on using that system. We have some growth opportunity there as far as how many users. It was a very strong first game, but just like anything, you have to grow on that momentum. Um, so overall, we integrated a lot of first-generation things, right? First-generation mobile ordering paired with the first-generation Jags pay into our app. All of those things take some time to work through. Uh, but overall, I think we delivered at a very high level for that. Yeah, it certainly sounds like. Congrats to you guys. I know there's a lot of work put in, and I said this last week when you're on. I mean, I, you guys deserve uh, a lot of credit for trying to make this happen and all the things. to go. The 200-page document alone says everything you need to know about what the thought that went into this. Uh, for Sunday, and then the execution. And, uh, of course, I do think some of the execution is good because people feel good leaving the win. I mean, that certainly helps. <laughs> Someone just says, I lost my voice Sunday. Well, that's certainly a good thing. That, <laughs> that is a good thing. Um, another person just jumped in and said they should definitely keep the entrance changes. It was so much faster. Can you? What is the yeah, entrance well, change? What, what did you guys do? So we have new magnetometers that allow you to walk through keeping your cell phone and keys and clear bag on your person. So you no longer have to set it down on the table and have a visual inspection. We've added entry points. So our goal is truly a walk-up, walk-in experience, that you are not queued in any line. And we were able to achieve that. Many of these changes, though, Brent, are not just COVID-specific. We touched on that last week. Many of these are long-term fan enhancements that will continue for many seasons to come, and, and that entry experience is one of them. What we saw this last couple of days, which is great, is people are calling in saying, my friends told me how awesome it was. My friends told me how safe they felt. I was waiting to see. I'm ready to get tickets now. Uh-huh. And I think there was a little bit of that, too, in this market of let's watch and see how they execute. Let's hear what the fan response is. And then I'll make my decision for the future games. And and that's starting to pick up this week. Yeah, given the given by the way the circumstances, the pandemic, everything going on, I don't blame fans for that. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of theory at all. It's, see, we're all kind of waiting to see. But again, I think that's why it's hats off to you guys down there for what you were able to do. Uh, two more quick questions, then I'll let you run. Chad Johnson, senior vice president of sales and service, and chief content officer, and we appreciate you coming on. I I asked uh, the folks down, I asked Amanda down there, I said, hey, let's get Chad back on because I. I haven't heard anything negative. I love the fact that it went well, and I know everybody was watching. I saw some folks from the Florida Gators that were there, too, because they will have some fans coming up in, in college football. So I think it was great that you guys opened your door to kind of be the blueprint uh, and help others out as well. Do You have a big Thursday night game coming up. That's the next home game in just 10 days. Can you make some adjustments that you feel like you need to make, if, if there are any like that? And will it be any different of an experience or what you guys have to do for a prime time game? There will be some learnings again because people coming, you know, where they're coming from for a weekday evening game, who's coming in. 
Miami is a very drivable game, and we've seen in years past we do get a good amount of fans from South Florida driving up. So they may have a different experience based on what they see in their stadium Sunday to what they'll see at TIA Bank Field for us. Uh, but we're already implementing some changes. What was interesting, we saw the Kansas City game Thursday night and were able to execute and make changes for our Sunday game based on some learnings we received Thursday night. So our team's nimble, standing by, ready to do that. And we're all still learning by the day, and we have to be able to execute that quickly. Austin kind of asked this, but, I mean, is it is it safe, safe to say people are pretty pleased uh, around the league, uh, what you guys did? Yeah, we, we knew from minute one that we only had one plan, and that was to figure out how to execute with fans. So we weren't working on a plan B, C. We were working on uh, a 1A and a 1B, and that was always with fans. Our peers are, are appreciating the learnings that they can receive from this. They're appreciating the areas that we – did great in the areas that we can improve. Um, you're seeing some of those things that will be implemented this weekend. And just the fact that we had multiple teams on site for our game while they had home games. A staff from the Atlanta Falcons came down while they were playing at home and were here at our game because they felt it more important to learn what, the, what we could give them for when they're ready to have fans. So that was what was uh, pleasing here is that we're really all working together, rowing the same direction, sharing these best practices, because we all have one goal: great NFL games with fans in our stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is it uh, last one here? Am I right in saying the biggest message you could se- send to fans that are going to the games? And there's a lot of messages. I understand. There's a lot to get to and through, and you guys are doing a good job communicating that. But the bottom line is, you got to mask up, right? If you if you go there, you got to mask up. And even when you're shouting and screaming, and e- even at your seat, you you got to keep punching that home. Yeah, and there's a lot of eyeballs here, right? And wherever they're coming from, whether it's broadcast, in stadium, other fans, there are eyeballs there. We can't have certain people that are pushing the rules be what prohibits us from continuing to move forward like this. So even when you're in your seat, with the exception of actively eating and drinking, just work hard to, to follow that policy. We talked about a story today during one of the touchdowns. A fan took his shirt off put his mask back on and started twirling his shirt in the air after he scored a touchdown. I like the style. <laughs> and that's the, that's the style of what we're working with right now. And we just need our fans to know that's the most important thing to keep having these football games. Hey, Chad, good job. Uh, look forward to the next one on Thursday night. Hopefully Jags are 2-0 and coming into that one. We appreciate you taking time. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Chad Johnson, Senior Vice President of Sales and Service and Chief Content Officer of the Jaguars. So uh, I, I like – I'm interested in it, you yeah. know. I mean, uh, to follow along with it, appreciate Chad coming back on, kind of giving us a little bit of a report card on it. That's a great story. That should be like a sign. Yeah. Take your shirt off but keep your mask on. For sure. For, <laughs> well, not everybody. Yeah, not everybody. But you know what? Everybody, man. This is Jacksonville. We we, 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 we take all your people here, man, so everybody can do that. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, pretty wild. And, and I do – think listen part of its performance right mm-hmm. and part of it people do want to see what they did how did it go your friends start saying hey man it's pretty good mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun kind of unique I, my my family's asking because we have season tickets but we did defer 
to next year. Okay. We just saved our seats for next year because just didn't know what the kids' schedule and if we were going to get to enough games, all that stuff. So, but they were asking, like, "Hey, can we go to Thursday night's game?" You know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think people are asking that. And listen, combination of that is that was a fun game to watch. Correct. That was good to be there. Uh, you know, whether it's with twelve thousand people or sixty-five thousand. And overall, the temperature too wasn't that bad, considering it's yeah, Jackson. Overall, too bad, yeah. right? I mean, because it was kind of a. a uh, cloud yep. covered day, uh, which is pretty nice. And Thursday night should be good, even if it's hot as heck. Correct. Uh, during the day, it's not going to matter that much uh, by Thursday night. So, uh, good job by the Jacks. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. It was a good day overall. I mean, given all the circumstances, yeah. it was really a good day uh, overall. Hey, NBA Clippers, who do they remind you of? Like in sports, team that just can't get it done. Uh, is there another one like them? 76ers. <laughs> Sorry for you. I yeah. mean, take your favorite team out of it, most yeah. likely, right, in any sport. Is there a team like the Clippers that's, I mean, that's been as futile mm. as they have been? Mm-hmm. And then here, as disappointing, because they really should be in the finals based on who they have on their roster. It's all coming up next. Uh, talk a little NBA. Talk a little other uh, things, too, including the Big Ten. Uh, did they make the right call coming back? Is it a good decision? We've got some college football ahead and back to the NFL here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I didn't know. I knew he played for 14 colleges, so he had to learn different playbooks. So, you know, I knew he could do that. He could handle that. And obviously, he came in last year as a rookie and played 10 games and won six, I believe it was. So I understand that uh, getting his feet wet in pro football and the speed of the game uh, and what it takes to be a quarterback, uh, he got a taste of it. And I know he wants a bigger bite of it now, and he's studying and he's working towards that. So being only his second year, uh, what he's accomplished so far as a six-round pick, I think is uh, very impressive. And he's uh, going to keep working and keep getting better. That is Jay Gruden, Jaguars offensive coordinator, one for one, baby, in terms of game plans. We'll see what he has in store this coming week on a Tuesday, on a Sunday in Nashville. And uh, hopefully he can make it two for two, make that offense look good. I do say this, if the offense looks good, right, if you can find some consistency, some fun with that offense, you know, even when in losses, you'll feel You'll have something to feel okay about, I think. You know, it's really important. It's so much more important than their offense plays well than their defense. Yeah. Don't oh, you without, feel that without way? a doubt. Without a doubt. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it just has to happen. Yep. And th- that doesn't always equate to winning. I mean, we've seen it. You you had the number like Stafford numbers and mm-hmm. and look at uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta's throws for 450 yards and gets beat by double digits. Correct. Now that gets old too. Because that's been happening in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They've been throwing it all over the yard, and they still lose. Correct. And for, for 450 yards, they don't score enough points. I know. <laughs> they don't. Because it's true. No, they just sure. go up and down the field, and they can't score. For sure. So uh, we'll talk more about the Jags here in, in just a moment or two. Uh, how about the NBA? Well, first of all, give me an update, guys. On, uh, are you okay over there? Like, what were you just watching? I was watching, so, uh, PlayStation's dropping a bunch of their games, so I watched the Final, uh, Final Fantasy 16 trailer, which looks, mwah, chef's kiss. And then I watched the new Spider-Man trailer, too, which is back-to-back, mwah, mwah, chef's kiss. Okay, so what is going on here? There's a bunch of new video games coming out, and they, they drop trailers. So, like, they drop, like, the teaser of, of the gameplay and everything, so you can watch it. And that's what I was doing for the past probably eight minutes. 
Kuz is distracted as well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. So in, there. In, in this is you guys described it to me, I think, like this, if I understood correctly. Yeah. And it's right. It's like Apple does like a show. Yep. Right. When yep. it's time for the new MacBook, yeah. Apple Watch, iPhone, and I'll be honest with you, like I don't lock into the show necessarily, mm-hmm. but it it does catch my attention. I'm like, all right, what? That's the new trick they're going to have. Yeah. Now, video games that doesn't happen for me, but that's kind yeah. of what's happening, right? Is that similar? Correct. Well, so usually there's E3, right? And E3 is a giant video game expo. I'm such a big fan of it. Actually, it's traditional. My son and I, we we tape them or like, I record them, and then we watch them at home when I, when he gets home from school or when I get home from work, and we just go on the couch and watch probably two hours worth of just video game trailers. Like We love that because it's like the brand new video games. And to keep in mind, I don't play... 75% of these video games, yeah, but yeah. it still comes, oh, let's check this one out. Like, wow, look at this technology and all that stuff. So we always do that with E3. Well, obviously with the pandemic and everything and being the big convention that it is, conventions like Comic-Con, like E3, well, it's not really available this year, right? So yeah, now yeah. PlayStation, Xbox are kind of taking it upon themselves to release some of these games and everything. So Xbox kind of released some of their games. Uh, PlayStation is doing that today, actually. So this is somewhat new then. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 they're live right now. So, like, yeah, I mean, as we sit here and talk, We're competing with there's them. new video games that are getting dropped as we speak. Yeah, I mean, uh, so why it's, don't it's we just pretend like focused. we're dropping one? Because, yes, your lack of focus is yeah. something right hey, now. but I can do both, man. It's all good. See, my problem is it's like it's – like, um, when when your significant other doesn't want to go to the bars and all your friends are out partying right now, yeah. like I'm a loyal to Xbox, so I don't watch the PS, but I see everyone hyping it up, and I'm like, oh, I can't watch. Yeah, I still can't get over the Xbox PS5 is such a divide. Stay, you, you better pick a team. Who are you picking? I would, yeah, yeah, PlayStation at home, right? PlayStation. My man, Brent. I see you, man. Yeah, PS5. I'm Ride locked or die in. over here. I wonder if Ty's Ride on Twitch right now checking that out. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. There's a lot of people watching it. I mean, for instance, so the Final Fantasy. Is Fantasy it on Twitch? Um, it would have to be, right? You'd have yeah, to broadcast yeah, it on It's got to be broadcast everywhere, everywhere right? Easily, yeah. So, for instance, so this website released the Final Fantasy trailer, and then it's been out for like five minutes, 254,800 views. Yeah, kind of like our show. Yep, pretty much. Uh, it's about the same. So we are competing. You're right. We are competing right they, now. Uh, what more can they do with video? Like, when you so see a trailer, right? When you mm-hmm. go see a trailer, you're like, what more can they do? It's a, It's like if you see a trailer to a movie now... You're like, all right, it looks pretty good, but I've seen that movie, like, in five different versions. Yeah. Like, you know, nothing really from a trailer gets me like, oh, I got to go see that in Yeah, yeah. Because we, it's oh, all been done, I'm... right? Is there anything new to do? Well, listen, I mean, it depends what philosophy you come from, right? Because one would say that the future of video games is going to be fully immersive, right? Where we saw with like, the, the Oculus Rift and the headsets and everything, mm-hmm. where you're actually like, in the game and the game is surrounding you, and it's like a total immersive experience. So virtual like, reality. Exactly, virtual reality. And, and that's been done a little bit. And that was kind of like supposed to be like the next big thing in terms of, you know, even like in the stock market. Like everyone was about that. Well, what did people figure out? People play video games not to be fully immersed and like be in this world. People just play video games to relax and unwind a little bit, to sit on the couch with their controller. So like, so that was too intense. So the whole VR thing, and my, and once again, people are gonna disagree with me. That's fine. But in my opinion, the whole VR thing was way too intense because it took away really what well, video games are for in the first place and that's sitting down and unwinding it got you too involved so to answer your question what's what the future is i have no idea i just think that the graphics get better um obviously the the, the stories of these video games get better and that's where all the money is going to be made not necessarily the whole experience of being in the yeah. video game it's essentially like you know like how harry potter's like every every movie that came out got better and better graphics and stuff like that it's essentially like this with the the new games and 
Uh, I mean, Did you know that about Harry Potter? Because I didn't. Yeah, I've never seen them. But, I mean, you know, the no. older ones, the graphics aren't as good as the, uh, listen, the newest. I take I've never seen them. I've, I've taken your guys' word on a lot of things right yeah, here in yeah, this segment. Yeah, yeah, the I've other never... thing they're working on that I think is kind of interesting that you'd probably find it, they're working on 3D sound. So they have it where they can be in the left and the right, and that's how, like, when you're playing games, you'll know if somebody is hiding behind a rock or something like that. But now they're working on, like, actual directional sound, which they needed the new generation's to do because the technology wasn't up to speed on the old stuff. I'm still impressed with Evan Moore's sounding a microphone and headset. Oh, yeah. right? I still want oh, to go know, buy man. one of those Game changer. when we had him on. By the way, did I, tell you, did I say this on air the other day? Evan's brother played in the Dream 18 the other night. Oh, did so I, really? I, did I Brother Levi. Nice. Did I, did I beat it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I've been yeah, watching yeah. Evan some of, some of his gameplay and stuff that he posts. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's legit, obviously. Ab- but yeah, absolutely. Cool. He's all over the it's place. entertaining, yeah. So would this be a big day for Evan? No, because like yeah. like he kind of proved to us when I asked him the whole all the questions about the video games. He doesn't care about any other video game yeah. besides Call of Duty. He's it locked seems into like. him. He's locked but, in, yeah. But for him, if he's going to get the next console, though, I think he plays on PC. Did he say? I can't remember. No, he said he played with a controller. Yeah. So he might be playing with on a on a console. But you know, the next Call of Duty or the next game that he might try to get good at could be the next gen console. Yeah. The one thing that's crazy about video games to me is like you know when you go play. Golf. Mm-hmm. Everybody uses a golf club and a ball. Yeah, yeah. In video games, it's like they don't all use the same things. No. That's I what's mean, weird about it. I know, man. So, like, there's two schools of thought there as well. There's the PC, like the computer version, where it's like you're competitive and you're a gamer because the, the, the thought is, like, if I have this mouse and I have this keyboard, I can do this a lot faster than just sitting back with a controller. Well, that's what Evan right? said. He yeah. said some of those kids in some of the games, yeah. whatever. What game did he mention? Not Call of Duty. Oh, Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite yeah. He said Fortnite. He said the way they were using the keyboard. Yeah, he said you cheating. couldn't compete with it. Exactly. So, like, see, that's a little too aggressive for my taste. I, I'm more of just, hey, let's have some fun, talk to our friends, and play online. So I, I'm more of the controller-based. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's a giant PC uh, base out there. And, like, now the big thing that people are doing, and even celebrities are doing this, like Chris Evans, for instance, has, has done this. Um, he builds his own, like, PC now, like you start from scratch, like you have yeah. all the parts, and instead of just buying it like a normal person, they actually build it themselves. Like IKEA, huh? Well, yeah, kind of like IKEA. What a world! What a world, man! It's just a world that's just not for a, you, huh? It, it, well, I just don't un- don't get it, don't understand it, and just not a part of it. So. Yeah. I choose to be in the dark in that world. That's why it's the best having a five-year-old son who's into that, too, because I can kind of relive my childhood a little bit. Spent 22 hours playing Death Stranding, and we couldn't have been happier playing it. Not in in one day, I'm saying spread out. But it took us 22 hours to beat that game. Not to, like, keep jumping into more and more video games. Oh, we're diving. We're here. Mario Party. uh, Super Mario, I should say, debuted 35 years ago yesterday. Wow. How about that? You know, you just said something that's interesting. The beating of the games, like, that was fun. Yes. You know? Yes. We're like, can I get to this next level? Or can I get to this? Like, that was part of it, right? That's the competition part of you. That's why you're drawn to it. People, there's always that competitive nature in most everybody. It's that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. And man, do I have that? Eh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like mowing the lawn for like 20 hours. They probably, they probably have a mowing the lawn simulator, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, they have everything. Did you see, by the way, did you see my picture today? No. The, there's a detour sign on my lawn. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I got home today, and so like... Is there one, like construction going on? Well, there's a, yeah, there's a, there was like a, a minor sinkhole uh, at the top of our street. Okay. Yeah, not good. So... Apparently, That's for the terrifying. next week, they shut down that part of the road, so we got to go in the neighborhood the other side. And so they put – we do live at the end, 
But I was just thinking the HOA is trying to get back at me. Oh, they're about uh, to find you for the because sign. Because they put the detour sign on my lawn. Like, they're about to find you for that sign right now. Yeah, and, and they'll probably find me for it. They're going to find you for that sign for sure, I'm calling man. the guy up. He's like, can I get fined for this? How, how, how tall is that grass right now I'm looking at, Brent? How tall is that grass? We good to go? Or not? It's a little high. Do you have like a riding lawn more? You got landscaping? What do you what do you do? Uh, push? None. Nothing. <laughs> you just you just pray. What do you, what do, you do? You just think into existence. I like, somebody I else to do. Okay, I was gonna say. Are you like Leviscus or not? Where you just imagine that it's gonna be gone and it's cut and then it's cut one Pretty day. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I got Sometime you. Sometime on Friday. I yeah. It's done. So <laughs> you, you don't have to talk about that. The bison with the old like I got to mow my own lawn. You know, it's like no. And I, I, I wash your own car. I'm a the lawn. I yeah. have all that stuff. But I just learned that over time I wasn't going to do it every whatever day. Sure. Yeah. And then I determined if I have like three hours in a Saturday morning or a Thursday morning, I'd actually rather go play 18 holes yeah, yeah, than yeah. mow my lawn. I got you. And so priorities, people. You're it's good. one of those things I actually, when I do have a house, I'm kind of looking forward to having to mow the lawn. But I like, then, like it. I think a month in, I'd be over it. I like. Oh, I, dude, I honestly fun. don't mind no, doing yard work, yeah. but now I haven't done it. But I'm not going to lie. In this heat, though, it kind of sucks, Coos. And let me tell something you. Something back home in the Midwest. Let me know? tell you, sometimes delegating is a good thing. OK, because I tried the whole, you know, how like they have like that Scott's lawn program or whatever. Sure, sure, right. Sure. They have like the whole thing. You're supposed to do some in April and oh, some yeah. in whatever. There's like a whole lawn oh, care so treatment. For years and years, I try that thing. Right. Mm. And I'm like spending whatever you spend, going to Home Depot, lugging the backpack, fertilizing all this. I got all the toys. Yeah. Right. Everything you got to buy. My grass looks like crap. <laughs> I delegate, that's, and now somebody nice else fertilizes point. and does whatever you're supposed yeah. to do to yeah. it, right? Yeah. And my lawn the last few years, yeah. not going to lie, Top notch. might be the envy of the cul-de-sac. Top notch. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, man. If we end up going home... And this isn't even an ad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't help Scott Lawn Care at all, by the way. Uh, no, I, that, that, that was more That, that wasn't an endorsement. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is Scott's still around. I no, Scott's lawn, whatever it is. Yeah. Hey, my lawn absolutely sucks with this. Like, I mean, that's basically <laughs> what you're saying. blaming me. Okay, but you also didn't do that many favors as well. Um, but no, it's like, this is why I, I have so many things going on in my life. Because I feel like if I was just, I had this job, I got to go home every single day, like, I would be like a, a total, like, lawn guy. And I would be like to the point where I'm obsessed with it. You know, like, where I'd be like watching out my blinds to make sure, like, no dog is going to the bathroom. Like, I'd be like oh, that kind of. we yeah. live on the end, too. We got dogs going. Yeah, Dogs all the you time. You cats though. You don't get cats, do you? Not Those anymore. Cats out of there, you right? Remember, <laughs> Those cats out of there. Somebody just, did something to the cats. Hey, I just want to let you know real quick though. So if we end up going back home to Wisconsin for that Packers game, Brent, uh, you, we're gonna see my house on Iowa, Wisconsin. Our house got nominated as porch um, of the town, along with lawn of the town uh, in Iowa, Wisconsin. Did it really? So you, you're in for a treat if we go back home. That's good because yeah. I'm actually making a sign as we speak to yeah. put best house. In the, for the HOA? In the HOA. For the HOA, yeah. yeah. I'm about to do that. Well, that's a good thing about Iowa, Wisconsin. We don't have an HOA either, man. They, they could care less. I'm Just also, you. We, we took out a tree in the front yard, so there's a little circle now, and I actually got to put some sod over it. Yeah. You I could a, probably handle this, by there, the way. Probably, it actually looks like a perfect spot to put, like, a pin flag for the golf. So I think I'm going to put like a Dream 18 flag oh, okay. in the front lawn yeah. and just see if I can get a letter from the HOA. You didn't think it would be that concerned about it? Would that be antagonizing? It? Absolutely. Yes, but I, I think I'm going to hey, do it. But I'm here for it, man. We we live in a world of antagonizing. How much is a stamp at these days? I'm going to make hey, them spend it. You know what you should do? You should unfollow them on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. You should unfollow them on Instagram and, and unfollow them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, hey, are the Clippers the worst organization in sports? <laughs> Ouch. History. 
I mean, they let me down a lot in my childhood. My first NBA jersey I ever got, Brent, you know who it was? Darius Miles. Remember Darius Miles? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was my first his NBA car, jersey I ever had. His basketball card was worth something when yeah. he first came out. It was my first NBA jersey I ever purchased. You mean, all that panned out with Darius Did Miles Did he end up Clippers. playing for the Heat at one time? Uh, I think he played for the Cavaliers next. Might have been the Heat. He, he kind of bounced around okay. a little bit. I mean, never obviously had a career, unfortunately. But obviously, they got bad luck with Elton Brand. I know. Right? Corey Maggette. I mean, we're name dropping right now, dude. Uh, yeah, it's just this franchise has had runs and spurts of just the hype, right? Where it's like, this is this young team is going to do the next big thing, or whether it's Kawhi Leonard now and Paul George, like, they're on trend, and Doc Rivers, obviously, too, can't forget about him. Like, they're on trend to go to a championship, at least, right? And it seems like every single year, they let you down um, different kind of ways, and this year has been no different for the Los Angeles Clippers. But they really just haven't had success at all. Like, like the Knicks are a, a joke right now. Yeah. Right? The Knicks are a joke of a franchise. I mean... Yeah. I'm talking about franchise has been around for decades and decades. The Clippers have always been second fiddle there mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But then the, when they get in these kind of situations, they just either disappoint mm-hmm. or when they, they feel like they've got some hype going, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quite frankly, they've been pretty bad for most of their existence, if being honest. I mean, I don't know what their win-loss record is, but... I gotta have way more losses than wins. Yeah. At least that's how I remember the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And nothing's, this was supposed to change that. Correct. Well, and listen, they've spent their entire lives living in the shadow of the Los Angeles Lakers, right? And that can be rough, right? And it, like for a while, it seemed like the Clippers were like, you know, they were kind of like the team where it's like, it's cool to like because they're like the little brother, right? And eventually that little brother is going to grow up one day and beat the crap out of the big brother. Well, that hasn't happened yet, right? Like the Lakers have had, you know, success with Kobe Bryant now, looks looking like success again. The Clippers have never been able to sustain that. So I don't know, maybe the Seattle Clippers has a nice ring to it. Maybe get out of L.A. Um, if you can. But I can't think of another team, and I don't want to use the word cursed because it's kind of cliche, but another team was just been detrimental, it seems like, the past couple decades or so. Yeah, they, I wouldn't say they're irrelevant, not anymore, because of the star power they yeah. put on the team. But there's some bad mojo there. It's, it's yeah. tough to win. Yeah. It, it just shows. I mean, it's a little relative to here, too. I mean, it's tough to win when you haven't done it. Much, yeah. You know? Um, and they seem to be one of those kind of organizations. Does well, your opinion about Kyle Leonard change at all? Not really. I was going to ask you that. Maybe okay. another thought on that. Plus, break. LeBron, has he got an easy path now? Do you think it's hands down Lakers to win, or does somebody contend other than uh, the Lakers? It's the Final Four in the NBA. Plus, back to football we go, and the Big Ten is coming back. Good choice or too late? It's next on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.